15 minutes it is uh, before 9 p.m. I'm joined on the line now by Advocate Brenda Matumisa Pajibo. Advocate, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good, good evening, sir, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, uh, Advocate. And, and maybe I want us uh, to, uh, I guess, start off here. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, I want us maybe to start off here and uh, reflect on, you know, how do you make sense of where we are in this current moment? I mean, uh, uh, certainly since the... Uh, a story of Tsekhofat Opule. We've heard uh, uh, success of other cases across the length and breadth of our country. I heard a case from Port St. John's earlier on today of a right. femicide as well. What do you make of this? Um, and, and I mean, I speak to you as a South African compatriot, as a woman, uh, even before yeah. I speak to you as a co-chair, uh, Advocate Brenda. What do you make of this and how do you make sense of this moment? You can't make sense of, of, of gruesomeness and brutality and violence against women. You mm. can't make sense of it. Um, and I think we we have had these many cases before. There are many that not make the headlines. Uh, so, and that's what we deal with on a daily basis. The pervasiveness of gender-based violence in this country is a reality, and we can't be numb to it, right? Um, so... The Tsukhufaso and the many others will make headline news for the many reasons that they will make headlines. But the reality is, is that it's happening on a daily basis and uh, it requires uh, all of us to put our heads together and find solutions on how we stem and stop this violence that is being meted against women mm-hmm. in general, right? So we can't make sense out of it and we are not about to make sense out of it. It's, it's what it is and it's a reality of the many lived experiences of women in this country. Yeah, yeah. T- talk to me. I mean, you, you you are quite central to the president's emergency response plan on GBV and femicide. Yeah. Uh, and many people have, have really, I guess, tried to highlight the systemic roots of, uh, uh, you know, how patriarchy manifests itself in GBV and uh, in the senseless and wanton killing of uh, a woman. And, and yeah. many are suggesting that because it's a systemic thing, you also need a very systematized and institutionalized way to respond to it. What are some of the things that, uh, I guess, as the emergency uh, uh, response task team here, that you see as critical from a systemic, from a policy perspective, and even from how we allocate resources, which is, uh, I guess, becoming critical to this debate as well? So a c- couple of things that we all need to appreciate and understand that Gender-based violence is not an, a women's issue, right? It's a societal issue, mm. right? So if you talk of the 58 million South Africans, it requires almost all of us to contribute to what is eradication, right? We, last year, the president, out of the Uyinene uh, killing, he then announced an emergency response plan, right? In that, we were looking at what are the Things that is edges attention, and one thought was around the system, right? It does not have an effective, working, functional criminal justice system. You're going to have many individuals thinking that they can get a murder, with rape, they can get away with any kind of abuse because your criminal justice system is not effective, right? Because when when such happens, you you need to. Africans or any African need to know that they they will not get away with it because you have an effective policing, you then have an effective prosecution that will arrest and charge and successful prosecution and sentencing, 
right? Mm. At the moment, people think that they can get away with it because, you know, it takes forever even to find the, the perpetrator, right? And once they're found, spend time on applying for bail uh, because it, 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 it's a right that is given to any accused that you have the right to, to, to bail, right? And oppose those bail applications for gruesome matters like the Sofofazo one and many others, right? So we have to ensure that we have an effective working criminal justice system, right? As we work towards the prevention and eradication of gender-based violence, it should make sure that that criminal justice system is effective and, and, and is working. At the moment, we are not even close to make it functional and, and, and working because they... So if you look at the police, for instance, right? Um, and many women, if you listen, go to a police station, they are met with arrogance, they are met with microaggression, they are met with... Uh, Advocate, exactly. Advocate, please hold the line for me for a second yeah. while we try and uh, uh, continue our conversation on a much better line. We seem to be battling with your line there uh, for a second. Okay. We'll continue our conversation after this uh, a brief uh, a break while we try and reestablish the line with Advocate Brenda Madumisa Pajibo, who is uh, leading the President's Emergency Response Plan to Gender-Based Violence and Femicide. Advocate, I hope we have you back on a much better line. I hope so. Yes, 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 yes. So, Advocate, I mean, I just want to pick up on something you were saying. Uh, and and yeah. I think uh, you certainly raise um, many of the issues that many of our callers have spoken to and that many women have raised in the country, which is about the insensitivity and uh, at times very callous response of law enforcement officials to cases of gender-based violence, femicide, yeah. uh, and uh, I guess many other instances that are brought before them. Uh, and I guess that's correct because you also do want to make sure that you deal effectively with the tools you have at your disposal. After the yeah. incidences happen, what are some of the things that are being done on the preventative side of things? I mean, uh, you know, we've got the budget coming up in the next few weeks or so, and people often speak about gender-sensitive or gender-responsive budgeting. How strong right. is that as a sort of preventative mechanism so that you're able, in areas, uh, for instance, Alokshin, you know, there are places where people eskangeni. How do you make sure that we're able to allocate our resources at a local level in ways that make our human settlements and our communities and our environments uh, much safer for women? And um, really, I guess we don't have some of the preventative triggers that really make this happen. So the preventative side is, is multi-sectoral and it's multifaceted, mm, right? Okay. So it's going to take, you and I, it's going to take a religious leader, it's going to take a traditional leader, it's going to take a school is going to take, a high school is going to take, a university to come to the party and, and, and work towards the eradication of and the prevention of gender-based violence. So let's just take one example. Um, there are many organizations that are working with men and young boys, right, to just talk about positive masculinity. Mm. What is positive masculinity, right? And I can't talk to that as a woman. It, it requires another man to talk through that issue. So you have organizations like Rams Mabote's organizations and Kulumin um, Doda um, that are working with other men. So that con those conversations must continue to happen, right? You then have the Department of Education young kids about the biology and, and understanding what my their bodies are all about, right? And understanding the terms that we use 
so that they they can appreciate Ah, advocate, uh, we seem to be battling there with that line. Let's try once again. Advocate? Advocate? Yes, sorry, I missed the last part of what you were saying. Yes, we uh, we got cut. Yes, yes, yes. Please go ahead once again. So, I, w- I was saying that primary school, yes, that target young kids understanding what um they're both you know making sure that they understand and they can identify abuse at any given time mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you then go to universities and work with uh young bo- young men and women at universities um you 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 go to churches go to any any area in this country because you can't leave anyone behind right so, yeah, it requires all of to make a contribution in one dealing with the tracky, right? I understand what culture one of the most important things is to distill and demystify these words, right? Because when you say patriarchy, people think that you you're talking about something that is foreign, right? Mm, so let's mm. let's bring it home and, and try and make people understand what are we talking about when we say patriarchy and how patriarchy has been used to subjugate, to control, to own, and to have power over women over the many years and centuries, mm-hmm. right? And what that has done to the... Right? Because that has, has, has got a bearing in how men relate and treat women. Men believe that they've got control over women. They own women because we are their possessions. I mean, if you look at the, at, at the, um, the poster that was meant for the match by men, you are saying our women, right? Mm. So we, you own us, mm. right? Mm. So we've got we've got no agency, none whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah, advocate, I've got a, a tweet here coming through from uh, L and uh, yeah. on Twitter, and um, I don't know if it's a he or a she, but um, I mean, let's let's work with that. Uh, and L says, I don't believe that GBV will stop if we don't deal with violence as a whole. It is improbable that men who are desensitized to violence as a result of it being normalized through their interactions with each other, would then not be violent to women. What do you make of this? Because I, I think it does also add uh, to the sentiment that many people have shared that, uh, you know, men are a problem not only just to women, but they're also a problem to other men. Uh, you know, if you would go to a casualty ward on any given Saturday and ask many of the people, they would stab wounds and uh, mm-hmm. with all manner of trauma, uh, you know, who or I guess uh, who was uh, uh, responsible uh, for that trauma. Nine times out of ten, you're going to hear that it's a, it's a man, irrespective of whether the person on the receiving end is a man or a woman. What do you make of that comment? That's very true. And I think it, it requires... So how do men measure their, their manhood and their masculinity, right? So how do you show it off? So you have been showing it off amongst yourselves when you stand in, uh, when you are doing a barbecue or a bride. You talk about how you you laid this woman. You talk about how you you you, you were happening. Uh, you talk about the gun that you have or the the knife that you have amongst yourself because you need to demonstrate and show that you are with it and you are a man, right? So your manhood and that's what we need to talk about. Mm. How do you 
show your manhood? Is your manhood defined by the many women that you have slept with by force without any consent? Is your manhood defined by how many stab wounds you have mm. secret on the next person? Positive masculinity. Because all along, it's defined as a on how many women you've had in your lives and how many women you have slept. Ah. Right? And how, yeah. Advocate, uh, certainly the point is well made there, and uh, we're going to have to leave it here, unfortunately, uh, because of a bad line, but also uh, quickly nearing uh, the end of our conversation. But thank you very much, Advocate, for taking time out to speak to us. I certainly hope it's not the last time uh, we speak to you. would really love to hear so. some of the work that you guys are doing within the presidency, but thank you very much for your time this evening. No, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Advocate Brenda Matumisa uh, Pijabo speaking to us this evening uh, here on Metro FM Talk about uh, some of the... Um, drivers on the preventative side, but even on the law enforcement side of things, as uh, we try and think about a coordinated response to uh, gender-based violence. And uh, uh, I'm certainly not uh, persuaded or won over uh, by many of those who think that uh, we can arrive at that solution with us men standing on the sidelines and hoping and uh, on a wing and a prayer that something is going to be done to resolve this. It's not how it works. Uh, it's not how it works, especially if you are the problem. Uh, and I guess if there's any message that we take from this evening is that we've got to think about praxis. We've got to think about reflecting on this, talking about it. But uh, while we do that, reflecting with the intention to act. And uh, that's what's going to change the dial on this. That's what's going to change this. Only men can stop gender-based violence. Only men can stop the kind of femicide that we've seen. Uh, and I think it's the task of all of us uh, to really take this a lot more seriously and not move from one ghastly killing to the next uh, and all we do is sit up stand up in outrage and hang our heads in shame 9 p.m is the time the man with the music is here he's with you from now nine right through to midnight your musical accompaniment on this cold evening stay warm stay safe take strength my african and go this is metro